And hello and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista along with Nathan Jones and we're with Lamb Lion Ministry and we thank you for being part of today's program as we're going to be talking about last day's gods. So stay tuned and make sure that you share this program with your friends and family, especially those of you following us on social media. Make sure you share this so others can also get involved. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Well, Lord Jesus, in uh, quite perilous, crazy times, we just ask you, Lord, to give us peace, uh, light us uh, our paths with your word, and open our hearts to how you want us to know you. And we thank you for all those tuned in. We pray for your blessings upon them and our conversation today in your name, the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into the Truth We Set Be Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry as we're talking about last day gods. So, of course, we're, we recognize that we're living in some perilous times and we are going to just continue to pray for God's guidance. And of course, today's program is going to be one that is going to encourage you. But before continuing, I'm going to welcome my co-host Nathan Jones to the program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on as always, brother, and for all you tuned in, uh, blessings. Awesome, awesome. And Nathan, of course, every time that you and I are doing a program, it seems that it's just right on time in terms of what's going on around the world today. But before we continue, Nathan, maybe someone is new to the program. Maybe you can share with them what we do and how they can get a hold of the wonderful resources here in the ministry. Absolutely. Well, uh, The Truth Will Set You Free is the podcast for Lame and Lion Ministries. Uh, both Vic and myself are evangelists at the ministry, and uh, I primarily as the internet evangelist focus on our, our website and web outreaches. Uh, you can find out about them on our website at ChristinProphecy.org. We also have a blog, a store, an app, the Lamb Lion app. Uh, it's open, available on all major devices, so check that out. And uh, we have a wealth of information. You probably know us more from our television program, Christ in Prophecy, where I'm a co-host and airs on all the major Christian networks and on our online network. So check us out. We want you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and get excited about his soon return. And you can do that on ChristinProphecy.org. Oh, thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And again, for those of you that are tuned in, take advantage of these wonderful resources and grow in your relationship with the Lord and be encouraged as we know that we're living in tough times. So, Nathan, in the midst of tough times, there's always uh, good things happening. But, Nathan, this week has been a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Would you agree with what's again going on with the COVID-19, this new uh, Delta variant? Uh, and it seems that things are going a little bit backwards uh in the U.S. as opposed to forward. Um, how, are, how are you noticing things in the Texas area? Well, like uh, you in Florida, Texas is, of course, on the bullseye of the media and the government who wants to make the red states look embarrassed for our more lax restrictions on masks and all. Of course, uh, I, I've been watching videos by immunologists who say the CDC uh, is a political arm of the leftist government. And and it's amazing how they went uh, 180 degrees after the teachers unions said, hey, we don't want to go back to school, do something about it. And all of a sudden, boom, mask mandates and Delta variants and ah, and everybody's going back to school and, you know, chaos and pandemonium. And then and that's all a, kind of a smokescreen for the multi-trillion dollar budgets that are being passed through Congress and approved. I mean, just insane things. Million over what point three million illegal immigrants crossed over the border in the last six months. Again, all this stuff is a distraction to from the spiritual issues that are going on in this country. So yeah, brother, it's 
perilous times, frightening times. I mean, just look at Portland. Uh, Zantifa is beating up uh, groups of uh, Christians that are meeting uh, for outdoor evangelism. Uh, I mean, this is the to see the country give up its freedoms for uh, forced and false security. Uh, brother, it's it's not the America I recognize from even just a few years ago. It's it's it is spooky times. So good thing we have the Bible, don't we, to light our darkest hour. Mm. You know, Nathan, I, I I so agree with you. I've been I came I immigrated here from the Dominican Republic uh, almost over 40 years ago, and I have dual citizenship. And I think I'm gonna actually go back to the Dominican Republic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it's a lot safer down there. <laughs> no, actually, because Nathan, you're absolutely right. What is going on in America? What is going on in our world? It's just incredible the fear that is being instituted into the population. And we and the sad thing is, Nathan, that also Christians now, instead of living by faith, they're allowing themselves to live by fear. And you and I recognize, yes, we're living in perilous times. We're living in dangerous times. But at the end of the day, we need to focus on the Lord, on his word, and not on fear that is in sort of like pushed on a population today. It's really sad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. Phone's ringing there. I just put it Go on. Go ahead. Here. But uh, again, for those of you that just tuned into our program, we want to encourage you to uh, pray for America, pray for our country. Uh, there is just a lot going on, and Nathan and I are here to encourage you uh, because really we're, we, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of sound mind. Every decision that you make needs to be biblical, uh, whether it's uh, the coronavirus vaccine, uh, uh, whether it's whatever decision you're going to make, make sure that you are praying that you're following the Lord's uh, 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 guidance and that you are not being pressured or doing anything out of fear or against your conscience. And uh, this is these are one of the these are some of the things that we are up against these days. And we see that these are signs of the last days. And this is why Nathan and I have been talking about this in Second Timothy, chapter three, uh, verses one uh, through five. And we're seeing so much of this develop right in front of our own eyes. And Nathan, that's why you and I are here to encourage people to recognize that these are really these last day signs. Absolutely. I, I, the Bible teaches that that people live in their like in slavery of their fear of death. And we're kind of at this time period now where nobody thinks they should get sick anymore. And those who are growing, and it's the nuns, as they call them, no affiliation of religion, are growing, that their fear of death is causing them to Kind of go a little crazy mentally when you think about it. The the every little sickness and disease and bump and bruise, they're you know they're they're panicking and they want to get rid of freedom so that they can do uh, this false sense of security. Well, you know you can't function that way. That the Bible's so different, isn't it? That for Christians, that we have peace. You know when we know we pass away, we go to heaven. Whereas those who are fallen are are either confused about where they're going or terrified where they know they're going, and that is hell. So we live in this crazy time where death is striking us straight in the face. And how are people responding really kind of shows where their spiritual heart and spiritual condition are currently. Excellent point, Nathan. And of course, that, that's why, you know, we, we also need to just um, uh, continue to pray for one another and recognize 
just really what's around us. The Bible is clear in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we are in the midst of a spiritual battle. And we see it uh, developing right before our eyes. You know, Nathan, you and I, we have been looking at um, these amazing uh, verses in Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. And I know there's some individuals who have not been able to tune into all the the, the, the segments that we've done in this program, but we've covered so much territory and we're only in about verse two of second Timothy <laughs> chapter three. So it's amazing how much is in this, in these verses. Absolutely. Uh, uh, let me recap then uh, chapter three verses one through five. It says, but know this, that in the last days, the end times, the end of the church age, it means perilous times will come. Well, we're in them, right? For men will be lovers of themselves, narcissists, Lovers of money, in other words, greedy, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, brutal, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and having a form of godliness but denying its power. And the Bible warns and from such people, turn away. I don't know about you, Vic, but I think that defines our current culture, not just here in the United States, but in the world, uh, absolutely 100 percent. Nathan, and it's really, really amazing. You know, you and I, you were just talking to us about these bills that they try to pass over trillions of dollars. And really behind it, we see uh, greed. We see, uh, again, uh, just uh, the thirst for power. And yet we read here in these verses, Nathan, that you shared for us in verse two, for men will be lovers of themselves. But then the next thing that I think you, you really touch on is lovers of money. And that to me shows really what's part of what's going on in these last days. Not just, we know we have a need for money, right, Nathan? But here is actually the, the this is lovers of money. Right. Uh, one of our founding fathers had said that a republic dies when the people realize they can vote the coffer, the money out of the coffers. In other words, they can vote themselves money and politicians will do it to keep political power. And I think we've seen that with unbridled abandon lately. Trillions and trillions of dollars over the last two administrations go back even as far as, as George W. with his wars in the Middle East. I mean, our, if you look at the chart of our national debt, it's exponentially curving up. I mean, we are at $28 trillion in debt right now. It's unpayable. And the only result, the inevitable result, even though we're seeing the stock market really doing well right now, is a financial collapse. Well, can you imagine a world where everybody's got everything at the touch of a fingers? It'll be like when COVID first started and you went to the stores and the shelves were bare and the toilet paper, people were fighting over the, the leftover toilet paper. I mean, can you imagine that on a worldwide scale? And yet the Bible prophesies that that will be happening. Why? Because they're lovers of money. Our, our, our personal debt, you know, if you took every person in America and took just the debt that they have, not including what they own on their houses and all, it's $17 trillion. We're $17 trillion in debt, not our net, our government, but each individually, personally, when you add us all up. I mean, that shows that we love the money and the pleasures that it buys, and we're willing to go into massive debt over it. 
Nathan, that is just mind boggling. That is a staggering number. I remember maybe what, less than 10 years ago before the Obama administration came in, that we were maybe, I think it was like four, uh, I forget, I, and maybe I'm wrong, but I want to say maybe $4 trillion in debt. And then all of a sudden we took on like 10 or $14 trillion, which is just unheard of in, in just a matter of years. Oh, yeah. I mean, as much as I thought that George W. was a, a gentleman and a Christian, although, you know, people may be mad at me. Don't be mad at me. Yeah, but, you know, that's what it seemed like. That I read his book on faith, but he put two wars on a credit card and it's and ran up about $10 trillion in debt instead of letting people get excited and buy bonds and get involved in it. And, and the government seems totally unhinged now uh, about when it comes to money. And we're seeing inflation. I was just looking at the inflation numbers. 5.4% inflation. So every time you go out to buy something, add 5% more to it, and it's going to keep going up because you can't create funny money, release it, and then expect the value of the current money to stay the same. It becomes more worthless. Well, what is an extreme condition of that? You look at Germany uh, before World War II and the Weimar Republic, where people were running around with wheelbarrows full of money and trying to get it out because the money was devaluing so fast that by the end of the day, the, the currency had lost you know, 10, 20, 30%. And that was like every day. People eventually began using German marks to fuel fires because they were so useless. And don't think that can't happen to us. The United States went through a Great Depression. We've been through a, a few depressions, uh, uh, recessions, excuse me. But eventually, the, the Bible prophesies in Revelation 13 that this entire financial system will collapse. And then the Antichrist will rise in power out of it, promising an answer, a solution. And again, it all goes back here to 2 Timothy 3, the God of money. People love themselves, so they love money, so they can buy stuff for themselves. And Nathan, that's why we titled this message, Last Day's Gods. You know, sometimes people think that gods are these wooden images or idols that we hang uh, uh, rabbit's foot. But the reality is there's so many other idols, gods that we are worshiping. And it just seems that really money seems to be that number one thing right now that ties everything because this money also ties in greed and gambling and power. And I believe Paul was, again, uh, warning Timothy, Timothy, as a Christian, as a believer, as a, as a person of God, you need to be guard yourself against these things. And First Timothy chapter six, verses ten through twelve. Nathan, would you be able to take us there? First Timothy six ten through twelve, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible so they can follow along with us. Absolutely. Well, this kind of feeds on that God of money. If you have First Timothy six, it goes for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And here's the, the Bible's answer to that. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 
Mm. Nathan, I love that passage because you and I know, hey, we do need money to live. I mean, the, the reality is things cost money. If you have a ministry, there's a lot of things that go with the ministry that have to be paid, whether it's the Internet, uh, uh, employees and all that. So we know that we need money and there's nothing wrong with having money. But the reality is here. It talks about the love of money. And that's why people sometimes get this confused. They think there's a problem with money that we shouldn't like money. No, but I think you you mentioned there, Nathan, on that verse 10, it's the love of money that is the roots of all kinds of evil, right? Oh, absolutely. People misquote that and they think the money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. It's the love of money. Why? Because it's another God. And what is that? It's disobeying the first two commandments, uh, God only and no idols. Well, when you love money, it becomes uh, you'll do anything to get it. And that means cheat, steal, kill. I mean, horrible, horrible things. And what do you also do? You run up masses of amounts of debt. And when everybody's doing that, then eventually you you face God takes that idol away. Because when the Bible says he's a jealous God, not like Oprah Winfrey, who got it so messed up and thought God's jealous of her. What an ego, right? <laughs> wow. No means God's jealous of our love from idol. He wants wants a relationship with us personally. He doesn't want us uh, chasing after false idols. And that's what, what money does. It It's a false idol. It, it'll leave you empty. You, you hear some of the richest people committing suicide, and, and they have endless amounts of uh, women and money and fame. Boy, just read the book of Ecclesiastes. Song of uh, Solomon, King Solomon, had everything he could want. By the end of his life, he despaired of life because money didn't do it. It was only a relationship with God that did it. So I love how Paul here says to Timothy about what he should flee to instead. Yeah, it's okay to make money as long as you don't love it and make it an idol in your life. But instead, there's more important things, great, valuable things like righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. I mean, these are the things that really matter because— once we become saved, we spend an entire life of what's called sanctification, where the Lord is working on us to make us more Christ-like. And these are the very things that define Jesus Christ. Mm, well said, Nathan. I love that. Run to faith. And for those of you that are, that are part of the program today, you know, again, we're talking about a fear-infested society. And yet we, the believers, are called to run to the things of the Lord, godliness, faithfulness, trusting God, he will provide, he will see us through this pandemic, God will supply all our needs. And Nathan, that's why we are just trying to infuse people with faith rather than fear so that they can see that there is hope in the Lord in the midst of any crisis, but we need to do our part. And that is not get wrapped up in the things of this world, not get wrapped up in the lies of the enemy, not get wrapped up in chasing after the almighty dollar, about recognizing that really we are in 28 or something trillion dollars, Nathan, that you've mentioned in debt. That's because the love of money is the root of evil. Right. And you know what? Every country in the world is drowning in debt, except one. I, I, oh, I read about it recently. I wish I could remember which one. But they actually are debt-free now. It's the only country in the world that wow. said, hey, this is a problem. We need to deal with it. But the Bible also teaches that the lendee is the slave to the lender. So, for instance, uh, I was reading how over a trillion dollars of our debt is borrowed from China. Well, mm. who owns us then? China owns part of us. So what are our politicians, Hollywood, whatever, 
in order to make more money going to do? They're going to appease China. So if China wants to uh, uh, say, for instance, uh, spy on us through TikTok, well, the president's going to lift the moratorium on TikTok so it can come in the States. Or a movie theater is going to uh, forget about all the Muslims being persecuted in China so that they could sell movie tickets to their movies. And, it, you know, it makes us, money will make us compromise our Christian values or, or even moral values for those who are unsaved. And it, it really is a destructive thing. I, I think that's why it, it's interesting in society. We are, if you think about it, the most blessed society materially in any generation. Just talk to your grandparents even or your great-grandparents if you remember them and talk to them. My grandparents grew up during the Depression. They lived like paupers even until their deaths in the 80s. And, uh, you know, they understood the value of money and not to accumulate. But, boy, we have so much stuff and it's so easy and we want more than we actually bring in financially. It destroys us individually and corporately. You know, Nathan, that's why uh, uh, Matthew 6, 21, uh, I mean, it's just very clear where it says for where your treasure is, there your heart uh, will be also. And, and you're, you're absolutely right. You know, we have to ask ourselves the question, hey, where where is my my treasure? You and I, we believe that if God has blessed us with financially and he's given us a lot of it, you know, it's an opportunity for us to take that and invest it in winning people for the Lord. You and I, Nathan, we also know people that have a lot of money, but yet they don't love it. They use it as a tool to win people for the Lord. And I just think that it's fantastic when people have that view of the right purpose and the right use of, of this wonderful blessing that God has given to us that is called money, if we use it right. Oh, excellent point. Well, look at Israel, for instance. Israel was taught by God that what they owned when they were given allotments of land across Israel, that God owned the land and they were stewards of it. And we got to think of that way, too, as Christians about our own resources. We're like, well, I earned that. Well, why does the Lord ask us to pray before meals and all? To remember to thank him because he's the one that gave us the eyes, the hands, the brains, uh, the opportunities to work and earn money. And so in the end, we're just stewards of what the Lord owns. It, and when you've given your life to Christ, nothing you own is yours anymore. It's all the Lord's. You are a servant of the Lord. It's all his to use. So it's important to think of yourself not as someone who owns something, but that you're a steward of something. And then how does the Lord want you to use that stewardship to further his kingdom? Because that's the purpose for Christians on this earth, to further the kingdom of Christ. And if you're not doing that, then you're living for yourself and you're worshiping the wrong God. Mm. You know, Nathan, what, what, the individuals that wanted to follow the Lord, he will oftentimes challenge him like the rich young ruler. He will tell him, hey, sell all you have and follow me. And, 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 and you know, that's a hard thing to do. And that's why even the religious leaders uh, in Luke chapter 16, 14, it says now when the Pharisees who were lovers of money also heard all these things, uh, they deride him. And, and it's interesting because God calls us to, sac to be sacrificial. God calls us to not follow the ways of the world. But yet there are those who really, uh, you know, when, when they see us trying to do the opposite of the world, they think we're fools or they think that there's something wrong with us because the reality is that they're the ones who really are lovers of that thing that oftentimes binds them. Yeah, I love to collect quotes and stories about people on their deathbeds. Uh, in the late 1800s, there was a gentleman who spent a lot of time going, uh, collecting those stories. And then I read stories from today. 
and there's a universal constant amongst all of them. Those who are dying in unbelief are screaming and crying and, and, and terrified of death and wanting to take, they feel like they're leaving behind their life, they're leaving behind their works, and they only see bleakness ahead. But those who are on their deathbeds, they see a future that's far more better than what we got now. There's a joy and a peace about them. They know they're going to something better, and that these things that we have on this earth are like junk compared to the eternal treasures in heaven. And that's why the Bible says that we have to put our treasure up in heaven. In other words, our good works will be rewarded as treasures in heaven, spiritually, physically, uh, positions of honor, um, the way we're dressed, new names, all that. There are physical rewards that go with our earthly deeds here. Those are the true treasures. That's the true kingdom that we're looking for. So I love reading these stories. I'll have to get, collect a few in the future sometime and, and just show you that. What a difference between Christians dying and non-Christians dying and the way they see the future upon death. Mm, wow, Nathan, I love that. That is very, very encouraging. And this is why, again, we hope those of you that are tuned into the program, we're trying to give you a proper perspective in terms of when it comes to money. But we also want you to recognize and see clearly that these are the last of the last days. No other generation had been in such debt the way we are. Uh, and it's just incredible how this lines up with what Paul is saying to Timothy, where he says again in the last days, uh, people are going to be lovers of money. And Nathan, I believe in working hard to earn money. I think we should all work like the Apostle Paul. He oftentimes told Timothy that it's important to, uh, to work. And he oftentimes will tell the believers to work. And there's nothing wrong with making a, a, a earn a good living. But at the end of the day, we don't want to become slaves uh, for what we're working for. And I know, Nathan, we don't have a lot of time, of course, left to this segment of the program. But can you take us to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 8, as Paul continues to encourage young Timothy when it comes to really working? Oh, absolutely. Paul uh, talked about how he chose not to be a burden with anyone. He was saying to the church in Thessalonica, we didn't eat anyone's bread free of charge, but we worked with labor and toiled night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. First Corinthians 4.12, he says something similar. And we labor working with our own hands, even being reviled, we bless and being persecuted, we endure. So in all these situations, Paul's showing the example that as Christians, uh, we don't try to be a burden on society. Now, today's society says the complete opposite. It's okay to be burdened. You can be rewarded for being a burden and uh, even the push now to have um, universal income, about $1,200 a month. Well, who's paying for that? That's the people that are actually working. So the burdened people are being rewarded for uh, being burdensome. Look at uh, all the jobs that are open right now that they can't fill. Why? Because the government is giving stipends higher than what they would make at the job. So, so many people don't want to go and work. And now we have the uh, distribution networks just shot because we can't get supplies there's no one to send the supplies along. You see how uh, the love of money just causes so many problems. <laughs> Nathan, excellent point. And, and you know, that's why we believe the opposite to the, being lovers of money is working ethically. You know, work, do the best that you can. Uh, at the end of the day, it, we find so many people doing so many things to get money or steal or connive. Uh, and, and we find that that's really where this spirit of the last days comes in of greed. And again, for those of you that maybe find yourself lost and confused in these last days, 
I want to encourage you run to Jesus. He can clarify whatever situation you're going through. And maybe you find yourself again uh, bound by the love of money, the things of this world. Well, the Lord can set you free. He can give you a heart uh, to follow after him. And just like the rich young ruler, he can command you to leave all things and to follow him. And you're going to be set free because whom the son sets free, he shall be free indeed. But it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, and Nathan, of course, we know that the Lord has the power to set people free as they turn to him. But maybe there's someone out there that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. Can you share with them how they can start the relationship now and be set free? Well, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your slave, as your savior, then you're a slave. You're your slave, as we read, to yourself and your own needs, the love of money, alcoholism, drugs, sex, you name it. Everybody has a God in their lives. But there's only one true God that can forgive sins, that can cleanse guilt, and that can guarantee eternal life in heaven with him. And that's Jesus Christ. So if you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, and I said, do it now because you never know when you're going to die then pray from your heart in faith, dear Jesus Christ, I believe in you as the Son of God. I am a sinner in need of salvation. Please forgive me and be my Lord and Savior. Jesus will do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. All the guilt will be washed away, and you will inherit eternal life with him and face great eternal rewards. Amazing. Thank you, Nathan. And maybe you just trusted in the Lord with that simple prayer that Nathan encouraged you to do and just follow the Lord. Listen, let us know. 305-992-9537. We would love to give you a Bible and celebrate with you. And also we encourage you, find a church, get plugged in and grow in your relationship with the Lord. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And God truly wants to set you free. He wants you to live by faith and not by fear. So as you go forward this week, keep your eyes on the Lord. We believe he's coming back very, very soon. Nathan Jones, once again, thank you so much for these uh, wonderful statistics that you share with us and these eye-opening verses that really have encouraged us today. Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad that uh, you all have tuned in and we hope to see you next week. Awesome. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but we want to encourage you to keep your eyes on the Lord. He's coming back soon. And this week, go out and encourage someone with the love of Jesus. Have a great week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his faith shine upon you.